श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए ऐसी भक्ति बनाम तो स्वामी प्रोफाद की जाए भक्ति रक्षक श्री दरिद्र गोस्वामी महाराज की जाए श्री भक्ति श्री ठाकुर प्रोफाद की जाए श्री भक्ति विनोद परिवार की जाए श्री चैतन चरितामृत की जाए कृष्णराज कविराज गोस्वामी महाशाय की जाए गौ भक्तविंद की गौर प्रेमानंदी Reading from Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhyalila, Chapter 12. This chapter is entitled The Cleansing of the Kundicha Temple. So, since Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has returned from South India to Puri, the king, Rajpratapurudra, has been trying to get the darshan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he's tried to do so principally through Bhattacharya Sarvabhoma, his guru, who had been converted by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And although Bhattacharya Sarvabhoma appealed on behalf of the king, Mahaprabhu would not hear it. And even Rai Ramananda, dearmost of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, made an appeal to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he would not hear it either. He would grant a darshan to the king. The king represents worldliness, and Mahaprabhu was very strict about keeping a standard such that people wouldn't think he was implicated in material life, bought and paid for by a king. So this has been going on since Mahaprabhu returned to Puri from South India. And along with that is a build-up to the Rathiyatra. And Bhattacharya Sarvoma told the king that although the Lord has not granted permission for the darshan, the fact is that you will get his darshan. That I know because the love that you have for the Lord is such that he cannot but give you his mercy. Although he's a completely independent Lord, no one can check him, no one can tell him what to do, he does whatever he wants, whenever he wants. At the same time, his nature is such that he's conquered by love, the love of his devotees. So, very astutely, Vasudev Sarabhama could understand the, the science, as Prabhupada would call it, of Krishna consciousness. So he predicted. And then he also coached Pratapurudra Maharaj. Rathiyatra is approaching, he said. At that time, Mahaprabhu will go in front of the cart dancing with his devotees. And he will fall into a trance in the garden. And if you come to him at that time, not dressed like a king, but as an ordinary Vaishnav, and you sing Raspanchajai, that's five chapters of the Bhagavatam dealing with the Rasalila, that will correspond with Mahaprabhu's mood of a gopi. And at that time, he'll show you his mercy. So the king was satisfied to some extent hearing that, although previously his anxiety to have the darshan of the Lord was so great that he said, my kingdom, my life, my body is meaningless without getting that darshan. This put a shock into Sarvabhoma and subsequently the other devotees. And now here in the beginning of this chapter, this thread is continued, and Raj... Pratapurudra, it's mentioned here in the beginning, 
he had actually written some letters to Sarugoma from his capital in Katak. So some of the details of what had transpired previously are being filled in. He wrote two letters. When he heard that the, the Lord was not going to give his darshan, he actually said that he was going to give up the kingdom and become a yogi and beg, wearing a loincloth and so forth. So he actually was serious about giving up his kingdom, his livelihood and so forth. And this was a shock and a cause of concern for Sarvoma and all the inhabitants of Puri because Puri was a very strong Hindu kingdom. And under the Raj, it was really a Vaishnav kingdom. There are other Hindu kingdoms that might not have been Vaishnav kingdoms. And worse than that, the Sultan in Bengal had taken over all of Bengal and they were sometimes attacking the kingdom of Puri. And Raj Prataprudra was a powerful king. He's called here in a text Gajapati. He was a lord of elephants. He was very wealthy and very strong and powerful. And he kept the uh, Hindu and Vaishnav kingdom intact and the worship of Jagannath protected, while many parts surrounding in India had been overtaken by the, by the Muslims. So the thought that their king, their protector, would become a yogi, beg, is like... Have you heard that President Bush decided, I can't take it anymore, I'm going to become a beggar and live on the streets? You can imagine <laughs> such, a, such a thing. So it was such a contrast and such a cause of concern. If our leader in the midst of the war against terrorism was just to say, oh, I've become a Hare Krishna. <laughs> I'm going to have the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Starshan. I'm going to just wear a robe and well, that would make the headlines. Citizens would be concerned. So, rightly, justly, appropriately, Vasudev Sarabhoma was concerned. On that level, external level, and on an internal level, of course, he was concerned for the plight of the king, his heart, how so loud he was to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and how worthy he was of getting the darshan of Mahaprabhu in Sarabhoma's estimation, in Ramananda's estimation. And these were not ordinary associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, especially Roy Ramananda. And he and Sarvama felt that the devotion that they saw in the king was so great, so intense, that it made their, their love, their devotion seem insignificant. So, Vasudev Sarvama was so concerned. And so in this chapter, we heard, after this exchange of letters, between the king and Sarvabhoma, and Sarvabhoma is conveying the news to the devotees, the king's going to become a yogi. He's going to give up his kingdom and become a mendicant. They had a council as to what to do. And all the devotees concluded, actually the king had said, please put my petition before the devotees and see what is their determination. So they determined that there's no way we can go before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and propose this, that that he should give darshan to the king. He just won't do it. But there's no way that we cannot allow the, the king to become a mendicant. So Vasudev Sarvom, he came up with a solution. He said, let's go before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And we won't ask him to see the king, to give darshan to the king, to go to Katak and give darshan to the king or allow the king to come here and have darshan. We won't ask him that. We'll just say nice things about the king in front of him. We'll just speak about the glories of the king. 
This was their plan. So they went. They did not the Prabhu wisdom. And they came before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but everyone was afraid to speak, <laughs> to say anything, for fear of incurring his wrath. He had previously told Sarvabhoma, first time that he was requested to give darshan of the king, if I hear this again, I'm out of here. <laughs> and he had just returned from two years of traveling in the south. Imagine how Sarvabhoma felt. Oh my God. He may just walk out. He's completely independent. He can do whatever he likes. So they were really walking on thin ice with this. This was a huge problem for the devotees in Puri. A very, very delicate issue. One side, the king giving up the kingdom. The other side, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu leaving. If they pushed the issue, they were in a real jam. But the devotees are expert. They came up with a solution. And of course, by now, already, to some extent, although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu externally will not acknowledge the king, he acknowledges, yes, he may have some devotion, that's fine, but he's a king. Still, cold on the outside, his, his mind and his heart has been softened by things that he's already heard from Sarvabhoma previously, from Ramananda previously. So while they're all assembled there, hanging their heads, wanting to say something but afraid to, Mahaprabhu says, speak up, what is it? We all have something on your mind. You want to say something. They're even afraid to speak, but Nityananda Prabhu stepped in and he spoke and told the situation. And of course, Mahaprabhu was upset. He would not accept the proposal of Nityananda. He would not allow the king the darshan. But Nityananda Prabhu said, that's right, nobody can ask you to see the king. That's not really what we're doing. We're just telling you what the situation is. No one can ask you. That's fine, we know that. Of course, then we also have to consider that whatever a man is attached to, that he ends up doing even at the cost of his life, possibly. So he more or less say, that's right. But, of course, the king is going to probably kill himself. <laughs> so this way he's getting to the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And still Mahaprabhu is showing on the outside some indifference. And Nityananda Prabhu then comes with a solution, an interim solution. He says, I have a, a suggestion. How you can pacify the king, this is the expertise of Nitai, and at the same time, not compromise your principles. And so he proposed what? And this is where we are. He says, Eko bahirvash jadi deha kripa kari. He says, Eko bahirvash yadi. If one piece of your bahirvash, your outer cloth, deha kripa kari, you give out of your mercy, taha pana pran rakhe tomara asha dhari. Then, if you give it to the king, then the king would have some life, he'd have some pran to go on hoping to see you. Tomarashadhari, hoping that he could at some time in the future see you. Prabhu kahe, tumi sabba parama vidban ye bhala hai se Kar Samadhan. Prabhu Kohe, Mahaprabhu, he said, 
to me sub param vidwan you are all very extremely learned param vidwan very expert learned people ye bhal khai se kar samadhan so you had to do it as you see fit this way mahaprabhu was allowing them to make the arrangement you're all learned people you, you do whatever you want don't, don't bother me with this tobe nitanando gosai govinder pash mogia loila prabhur ek bahir vas so tobe nitanando gosai govinder pash then nitanando prabhu he got from govinda who is the personal servant of chaitanya mahaprabhu he requested him to bring the outer cloth some piece of old cloth remnants of chaitanya mahaprabhu sei bahirvash sarvabhoma phasho dila sarvabhoma sei vastra rajare phatala so nitinanda prabhu delivered the cloth to the care of bhattacharya sarvabhoma and sarvabhoma sent it to the king vastra pana rajara hoila anandithaman prabhu rupa khori kore vastera pujan so when the king received the garment he began to worship it just as if it was the lord himself so an interim solution has been made the king is continuing his life he got life he was ready to give up his life and to give up his whole kingdom for a king to give up his kingdom means to give up his life but he got life from a piece of used cloth of chaitanya mahaprabhu now how much life there is in a kingdom so much life in the kingdom and he was gajapati lord of elephants he had so much money and power what kind of life he had what kind of livelihood he was ready to give that all up it had no meaning for him if you couldn't get the darshan of chaitanya mahaprabhu chaitanya mahaprabhu has arranged to through sarvabhoma and the mercy of chaitanya mahaprabhu he gets a piece of the old used cloth and this is not like fancy silk or anything like that this is just a simple piece of outer cloth and he gets life from that what kind of life is in the cloth of chaitanya mahaprabhu compared to kingdoms this is the idea so much wealth so much value there actually on our altar we have a piece of cloth from chaitanya mahaprabhu's dhoti mahaprabhu gave his outer cloth a piece of his outer cloth and his seat his asan to gopal bhatta goswami and those are preserved in the radharaman temple so many years ago uh, that uh, vaishnav great vaishnav collector and curator Shripad Narsingh Maharaj, who has many artifacts <laughs> from all over and special items and things, he got a piece of that dhoti of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu thread, a couple threads, and he gave me one. So we keep that on our altar in a little box. Inside that box is a great wealth, great riches, greater than the, the kingdom of Raj Pratap Rudra, such a treasure, such wealth, the wealth of Prem, Premodhan, is found there makes everything in in the world all worldly acquisitions seem very small and insignificant the cloth of the deity 
the garland of the deity, the jewelry of the deity, the bhoga offered to the deity that becomes prashad, all these items are prashad or mercy. And a very, very learned person in Krishna Lila has made a statement about this. Sri Uddhav. Uddhav is the most learned person in Dwarka. In Dwarka, they do chant the Vedas, not in Vrindavan, but in Dwarka, they do that. And Uddhava, there he's, Uddhava is the advisor of Krishna in martial concerns, and Krishna is a prince there. So, in the spirit of a Chatriya prince, he has a Brahman advisor, Uddhava, who gives him counsel objectively on so many things. So, he has to be very learned. He is very, very learned, most learned. Uddhava. So when we hear the statements of Uddhava in Scripture, we have to take note of them. There's a reason that he makes certain statements and that he's commissioned, for example, by Krishna to go to Vrindavan and deliver a message to the gopis. And he has his experience there and what he says after being there about their love and the love of the inhabitants of Vrindavan. We should take note of that because he's not a fool. He's very learned very sophisticated, and he's saying such high things about very apparently unsophisticated and unlearned people who don't know the Vedas. They worship Indra because it's just, as Nanda Maharaj explained, it's been passed down and we do it. <laughs> when Krishna questioned him, not a very sophisticated religious uh, community and high theological ideals, very simple and Basically absorbed in their in their families, <laughs> in their everyday life, in their in their homeland, Vrindavan. All the kind of things that we hear in the Bible. They have the mentality of a goat, of a cow. <laughs> Bhagavatam says these kind of people attached to their homeland and families and, and so forth. They go to a place of pilgrimage like a sacred river, Jamuna, just to take a bath. This is talking about ordinary materialistic people, of course, but the Vrindavan people look similar to that. Cow people, they're kind of like cows a little bit. It's very simple. So, when Uddhava says the things that he does about them... We have to reconsider because Uddhava's not a foolish person. To reach the conclusions he did, he knows all the Shastra, he's Krishna's advisor and so forth, and as I mentioned in Dwarka, so therefore he's been sent. He makes those statements. So a very learned person, Uddhava, and he made a statement about the remnants of Krishna, of the deity. In Uddhava Gita, a section of Bhagavatam found in the 11th canto, in the first chapter of that Uddhava Gita, which is the sixth chapter, I believe, of the eleventh canto, right at the end of that chapter, Uddhava makes the statement, something to the effect that simply by wearing the ornaments of you in your deity form, tasting the prashad, wearing the garlands and these things, simply by these things we'll be delivered, cross over the ocean of birth and death, we'll go back to Godhead, he says. You see, this bhakti is very, very difficult for jnanis to appreciate. And we have to also get the jnani out of ourselves. It's very difficult. 
the wonder of bhakti is actually unimaginable, unfathomable. The extent of the merciful disposition of bhakti and the power of bhakti. He contrasts what he's saying, Uddhava, by making a subsequent statement, the next verse of that chapter. He says, Naked sages living in the Himalayas practice great tapasya and austerities for a long, long time to enter into Brahman. So he's saying, and we, we just wear your clothes. We just take the remnants of your food, which is delicious. We just take an item of your cloth, like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told in a group of devotees when Nityananda Prabhu suddenly appeared naked, holding his copan in his hand. <laughs> Everyone looked. Mahaprabhu was a sophisticated Brahmana from Brahman family, educated. He was Nimai Pandit, very learned. There he is in a group of devotees, and here comes Nityananda Prabhu like a complete madman, naked into a public gathering so that people's eyes were raised like, what is this? But to protect them from thinking about Nityananda Prabhu with any tinge of disregard. Mahaprabhu was very careful throughout his leela to teach the devotees the importance of Nityananda Prabhu, his exalted position, because it is such and because he acted in such a way it was difficult sometimes to understand. In the bhava of a gopa, wearing his bhava externally, just like a young, if a young cowherd boy walks up naked, and nobody's, nobody's going to say anything. A little, a young toddler, and it is a full-grown man, but he, but he's in the bhava of a young gopa. Mahaprabhu said, when he came in the assembly in that way, he said to everybody, "Take his copan and tear it up." and put it around your arm or around your neck, and all of you will very quickly control your senses, which is the beginning of spiritual life, to control the senses, and a very difficult hurdle to get over. He's saying, this man who looks like he's lost it, <laughs> he's got no control over his senses. If you wear his, his underwear, a piece of it, then you'll control your sen- be able to control your senses very easily. What is the power of that cloth? of Nityananda Prabhu. We should never underestimate the power of Nityananda Prabhu. We are completely dependent upon his mercy in every respect. And here he is poised with two hands out, giving entirely, giving, fully there for us. Like Gurudev is always there for us. God may be there and not there. <laughs> he's gone in the Leela. Mahaprabhu is one hand is up, gone to Mahabhav. The other hand he's here, but Nityananda Prabhu, both hands here. Gurudev is that representation of Krishna that's there for us now, practically. That's where we should give our full focus. Guru is God's power manifesting locally for us. We should pay our pay all attention there. And Nityananda Prabhu, both hands outstretched. He says, Ekbar so kind. If he sees just one tear in the eye of someone singing the name of Goranga, he gives everything to him. And he has everything to give.
is the Sankarshan. Vishnu's Karvadaksha Vishnu, Karandaksha Vishnu, Siddhaksha Vishnu, Shesh, Ananta Sesh. Ananta Sesh holding everything. Vishnu's giving everything, expanding the whole world. In Sankarshan, the whole the spiritual expanse, he's on both sides, Sandini Shakti, manifesting the world, the existence of the world, material world, and the spiritual domain for the Lord's pastimes. He's the deity of the Sandini Shakti. That means the existential potency of the Antaranga Shakti, internal Shakti of Krishna. And so it manifests in the material world, Sat, existence, the world, Jivas, all the Badajiv coming from Mahasankarshan, the conditioned souls emanating Tatasta, Shakti, and again in his whole spiritual sky. He has everything to give. And he gives himself entirely. He's purchased by someone who chants Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's name with a tear in his eye. So, so simple. Krishna consciousness is so simple. We're talking about the mercy of bhakti. It could not be manifest more anywhere than in Nityananda Prabhu. We say Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Mahabodhanaya Bhutar, the most merciful descent of Krishna. But Nityananda Prabhu is that other self of Mahaprabhu through whom he exhibited the extent of his mercy. He went even to places where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu could not go without bringing his sannyas into question, into the brothels, into the downtrodden people, where if a sannyasi was at the bar, you'd think, what's going on, Maharaj? I'm preaching. <laughs> I'm preaching. <laughs> sure you're preaching. <laughs> but Nityananda Prabhu, then he was just like a madman. He looked like he was drunk anyway, so <laughs> drunk with love of God. He would go cascading into the places of ill repute even, falling on the ground and asking people to chant the holy name of Krishna. Giving bhakti to, means to anyone and everyone, without discrimination. See, we, we oftentimes feel like the devotees are such a problem. <laughs> we are devotees, but devotees are a problem also. They misrepresent, and they are sometimes not very bright. And <laughs> uh, But we can't complain too much, because this is the nature of bhakti. Very generous, very generous. We like to speak in such a way as to help devotees understand what it really means to be fully a devotee. And so, so much knowledge then we have to bring forward. But we have to be a little careful that we don't become ganis ourselves and not bow to the magnanimity of bhakti, the kindness, the generosity of bhakti. The fact of the matter is, it is that simple. Just by wearing the clothes of the Lord, just by honoring the garment of the Lord, you can have everything. You can have the Lord's company. It's possible. You can wrap yourself in the silken cloth of the deity's remnant. You don't have to run around naked like a sage in great uh, tapasya in the Himalayas and so forth to enter Brahman. If you just acknowledge the compassion, the kindness, the mercy of, of the deity, taking prasad, the Buddhists put so much emphasis on this. By that alone you can conquer over all the world and get more than Brahman. This is the idea. So we have to have uh, faith in that, in the generosity of bhakti. So, here the king has got the garment of the Lord and see how the king is 
regarding it, just like it is the Lord himself. We also can understand from this that that which is dear to the Lord is the way to get to the Lord. In uh, Padma Purana, it is mentioned that by Parvati, she asked Mahadev, that what is the highest kind of worship? And he replies, he says, Aradhanam Sarvesham Vishnu Aradhanam Param. He says that the worship of Vishnu is the highest. So Devi becomes a little disappointed because she's worshiping her husband, Shiva. So he detects that in her and then he says, Tadiyanam Samacharam. He says, Tasmat Paratram Devi. However, my dear Devi, Tadiyanam Samacharam. Worshipping that which is dear to Vishnu, that is even higher. And of course, Shiva is dear to Vishnu, he's a Vaishnava. So she's happy then, oh, I'm worshipping the Vaishnava. <laughs> I'm doing the highest worship. That's what I wanted. So things that are dear to the Lord, Tulsi, the devotees in particular. In Vrindavan, all of the paraphernalia of Vrindavan, everything in Vrindavan is, of course, dear to the Lord. Mother Jasoda, she put Krishna down to tend to the milk on the stove because that milk had been gathered from special cows from Nanamaraj's herd, grazed on special grasses to get special milk because they thought Krishna's wandering out from home, crawling out and disturbing the neighbors. We must not be giving him sweet enough milk to keep him at home. So a special arrangement was made out of the 900,000 cows of Nandamaraj, a special group was brought, special grasses were prepared, and they were grazing on that. From that milk, Mother Yasoda was boiling on the stove. Normally she has many, many servants in the family, but they were all out involved in the uh, preparing for the Indra Yagya at the time. This is the Kartik time, just passed. And so she's boiling the milk on the stove herself, and Krishna's crying, wants to be fed, he just woke up. She gives him her breast milk, and in the course of doing she realizes that, that milk is going to overflow. So she puts him down, crying. He's God, and her son, she puts him down, he's crying, and she goes to tend to the milk. Why didn't she just let, let the milk overflow? It's Krishna, he's right here. Krishna's the object of worship, he's upset. He wants milk. She puts him down. He's crying, showing he's upset. She leaves him, goes to tend to the stove. Because she's seeing that this milk is dear to Krishna. <laughs> this is part of the paraphernalia. She's worshipping that. This is the idea. So that which is dear to Krishna, that is most worshipable. Actually, he was very satisfied by her activities. Although he looked displeased. So, the king is worshipping the paraphernalia of the Lord. The paraphernalia of the Lord is also considered to be the intimate, personal paraphernalia of the Lord. What? Who made the proposal? Nityananda Prabhu. He's giving himself to the king. Nityananda Prabhu is the other self of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You want to give him the darshan? I give him the darshan. <laughs> Nityananda Prabhu is the clothes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The Brahman thread, the umbrella... All these things, the stick of Krishna. Bali is expanding in all these ways. Nityananda Prabhu is expanding in all these ways to personally attend to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is the best servant of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Nityananda Prabhu. Mahaprabhu wouldn't give a darshan. Nityananda Prabhu spoke up and said, I'll give him darshan. You give him your cloth, that's me. 
and <laughs> the king knew how to take care of, how to attend to Nityananda Prabhu, not to dismiss him, just an old piece of cloth. With great attention, he cared for Nityananda Prabhu in this form that he had come to him. And he was told what? He was led to believe, and it's true, that by worshipping this, he will get Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in due course of time. By worshipping Nityananda Prabhu, we will get everything Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has to give. This we learn from Nityananda Prabhu's expertise here in dealing with a difficult situation in Jagannath Puri. So, Nityananda Prabhu ki jai, Varanga Mahaprabhu ki jai, Guru Vaishnava Guru Parampara ki jai.